Welcome to AV Plus, the podcast from Commercial Integrator. I'm Adam Forziati, Senior Web Editor here at CI. While remote work is just a way of life these days, the trend is opening the door to cyber attackers to take advantage of the hysteria and to cast a wide net in a bid to compromise your clients' networks. Across the board, companies are reporting huge increases in phishing attempts, email-based malware attacks, compromises, and ransomware, and that's because many employees are away from the watchful eye of their IT departments, coupled with the ongoing coronavirus crisis and political turmoil. So if you're an integrator or an MSP right now, you may have opportunities here to better your relationships with IT departments who are still scrambling to ensure the safety of their organization's data. On today's episode of AV Plus, our very own Zach Como interviews Larry Whiteside Jr., the CTO of CyberClan, about what issues your clients are facing right now when it comes to ensuring their employees are staying secure at home. And since there's not much to report in the news this week, I'll leave you to that conversation now. When you're at work, you're in a you're in a bubble, so to speak. You've mm. got these perimeter firewalls. Like the NBA. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're, you're literally, no, seriously, it's, it is literally akin to the NBA. So you've got all this protection and all of these things around you. You're on protected Wi-Fi that's far more secure. You're in this protected network where you're accessing resources in a bubble. But when you go home now, your home bubble, right, is not a bubble. <laughs> it's, right. I don't even know, it's a sponge, right? It has yeah. got more hold and more things because I guarantee you, how many people are paying attention to the version of uh, uh, software that their router is running? Probably not many. How many people are segmenting their networks at home where the, the, their laptop that they use for work is segmented from their kids' laptops and their kids' iPads and all those other mm. things and their spouse's laptops? Probably nobody. Don't right? even know what How that many means. People, yeah. yeah, no, they have zero <laughs> clue. They know they go home, they know the wireless uh, uh, um, SSID, they know the wireless password, but that's the extent of it. And they mm -hmm. connect and they jump on, but now what's hap what happens is the inherent risk of your spouse or your child taking their laptop to Starbucks or connecting their laptop at McDonald's or wherever they go to connect it, and the potential bad things that get onto their devices from, from there, now come home and now you're in this insidious uh, a rat infested environment mm. that has all of this potential malware and everything else. Because let's also be clear, people are more prone to uh, use bad habits while they're at home than when they're in a corporate environment. When they're sitting in their office, they're like, you know what, Big Brother's watching, Big Brother's watching. So I'm not going to go to that website that I probably wouldn't go to when I'm at home, right? Mm. But now they're home, right? And, and I don't want to call out you know, one specific thing, but I'll go into guns, right? Uh, you, you know, I'll go into to certain political things, right? Let's be clear. There's a lot of those websites and a lot of that that, that web infrastructure that's very malice, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, it's very malware written. And so if you're going to those things while you're at home to look at and read all of these different things that you typically wouldn't do in the corporate office, but you don't have, right, A, the web protection, right, f to block those attacks from, from hitting your browser, right? If you don't have, you know, the most updated things, and, and let's be clear, your kids probably don't have the same malware protection that you have. So now, so say you've got the latest and greatest malware protection specifically on your corporate work device, but now your network and every other device in your environment gets 
impacted by some malware because somebody went to a bad site. So now do you think that they aren't finding the ability to move, move laterally from one device to another? Maybe they don't ever get on your device, but maybe they actually install something to start capturing traffic from inside your network because that happens, right? I've, right? I've done that in my own, right? I've got kids. I've done that in my own house, right? And so when you think about just the sheer breadth of the threat that gets introduced by moving home, um, as much as we try and encapsulate the users, users start to do bad things there and they're exposed to more bad things around them. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's crazy. I think of it, I think of it as, if you think about this analogy, it's going from the, uh, from the, the uh, a restroom in a, in a corporate office, right? Typically really clean, right? They've typically got house cleaning staff that's coming in and cleaning on a regular basis. So it's rare that you ever go in there and it's a mess. I mean, I'm sure you've seen them. There's been a ton of reports in the last few months about this really rapid pace of uh, cyber attacks and these increasing cyber attacks. A lot of them around, uh, like like you mentioned, political groups, but a lot of them targeting targeting uh, the enterprise. Yep. Um, so is that how they're, uh, these guys are working, just, just getting through um, you know, people uh, working at home? Yeah, because... When you're at home, the reality is there's a component of you that's a little more disconnected because you're not sitting in the office next to your colleagues, right? Yeah. But there's also that component of you that then because of that wants to be more, wants to respond more quickly to things that's, that are asked of you. So if you get that, you know, that phishing email, uh, but it looks like it's from your CEO or it looks like mm-hmm. it's from the head of your department to respond to something people have gotten to the point of saying, I don't want people to think that I'm at home boondoggling it. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and because time has now become this nebulous thing where I, everybody I talk to is working more hours at home than they've ever worked when they've been in the office because you typically, people aren't really taking lunch breaks as much anymore. And the time they start versus the time they finish has expanded, yeah. right? And, and so with that, people are trying to respond even faster Right. And to make sure that people don't think that they're boondoggling. And so you get an email in that is something urgent. Right. Even though it's a phishing email, you may be not as diligent as you typically would be when you're sitting in the office. And so with that, you might respond to something that you typically wouldn't respond to. And attackers are just taking advantage of it that, because add to that. Now I'm at home with COVID going on, right, there's a, a likelihood that there may be kids or other distractions around me. So here I am dealing with all of these different things going on. And um, now I'm needing to follow up to this. And right. I've got the five-year-old running behind me screaming that they want lunch and or they need help with their home, their online homework because they're doing school virtually or, or the, and then the, you know, or the high school or whatever all of these different distractions, a spouse working in another part of the house, when you have all of these distractions sometimes at home due to COVID and the situation we're dealing with, that's unlike anything else, you are more susceptible to have little things slide through. And so attackers are recognizing it. They are utilizing this as an opportunity and the business email compromise, the numbers that I'm seeing uh, of, of them, the number of them happening is insane. And to watch the, the price of ransomware go up month over month is also insane. I think two months ago it was at 60 some odd thousand and now it's at like 81. Oh, wow. It's, it's, and I don't see it changing. I don't see it going down. 
yeah. business email compromising ransomware has become the easiest attack vectors, right? Because when you think about um, time, the time involved, right, to actually execute um, a ransomware type of scenario versus your old school breach of, you know, going and doing all the reconnaissance and going and then uh, identifying, you know, the weak link and going through and, and, and trying to compromise a, a component of the infrastructure. And like, that's, that's time consuming right. versus create a very crafty email, send it to a thousand people because you've got the email address of everybody in the company already. Pick out a few people in, in certain positions that you think would have the rights and the access to execute upon things that, you, that you're doing and bam. Right, and, and even if you get a 10 percent response on everything you sent out, you just won, mm-hmm. right? And so, it is becoming easier and easier now because you can buy ransomware kits for a couple hundred bucks. Like oh, wow. the, the novices can do it. Yeah. So this, this this is a silly question, but something I always thought: if you can make eighty grand a pop sending out ransomware, why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah. So so that that is that is a. <laughs> It's a good question. It's actually not a silly question. It's a good question. And here's the reality. It is really about who you are, what kind of morals you have, what's the integrity. Um, You know, our industry itself is from a white hat standpoint is built on integrity. It is built on you want the best for your fellow man. You want the best for your fellow humans. A lot of people um, on the attacker side, it's really about money. Right? How much money can I make, um, you know, in the shortest amount of time? Right? And and with the whole social culture that's been created over the last, you know, seven to ten years, that money is the thing. Because then what happens is, once you start getting money, it then leads to other aspects of money. Right? So then you 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 build a following online. People don't know how you make your money, but they see you with nice clothes. They see you with nice jewelry. They see you with you know, nice cars, and they begin to follow you online, and you become a quote-unquote influencer. Even if your games were done nefariously, right? Um, people don't. People aren't paying attention to that. They don't look that deeply. So, what do you do? You know, technically, um, as a as an IT professional, some real simple best practice things that, that that people can implement. So, one, make sure from a corporate perspective, I'm sure that the the endpoints that um, uh, customers have in their home are up to date. One area I know they're struggling is patching. I, I, I've had this conversation a number of times because, you know, when you p- push out a patch, the system needs a reboot. The one, excuse me, the one thing that we as people are horrible about is rebooting our devices. Mm-hmm. And so if you're working from home and you've got a corporate device, you should reboot your device at a minimum once a week, at a minimum, right? Um, and so that, that means saving your work routinely. That means, you know, making sure that, that you are um, not leaving your device up 24-7, that type of thing. But rebooting at least once a week is, is the best practice. Oh, then, what happens, then what happens to my tabs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, but you can configure each browser, right, to restore the right, 150 right. web tabs yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. you have. I mean, I have it. I, I, I'm just as bad as everybody else. Um, right, but um, uh, hold on. so I mean, that's yeah, one. Yeah. The other piece is about their home environment, right? It is now ensure that all of your devices at home, right, whether it's kids' laptops, tablets, or whatever, that they are all set 
to automatically update. Mm. It, from a home management standpoint, it is easy to ensure all your stuff is up to date. Right. Windows will help you, Mac will help you, all of this stuff will automatically update if you allow it, right? So ensure that your things are updated. And when it says that you've got an update that needs to be installed, don't snoo don't continue to snooze it every day, right? For and then three weeks later you've still got that alert popping up. Right. Just install them and, and you know, if you have to push it to the end of the day because, you know, somebody's working and doing something, that's fine. But try and do those as insurance configured to do automatic updates and, and do that as much as possible. The other thing is most of the ISPs, right, that, that, you, that we have, that it doesn't matter if it's Verizon, um, um, I can't even remember all of them that exist today, right? But they all give you the capability to connect to your home router. Right, all of them. They all give you that ability. If you if you don't know the password to your router, it's probably printed on the back on a little sticker. So go in and change the username and password to something that you know and you can use. Because the majority of them come with the default password, and it's sad, but it's true. Yeah, admin. So, admin. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. It, it's insane. So go in and change that. But then when you go in and change that, you have the ability to go in and actually configure some very basic things. There's basic settings on every home router that even the most novice uh, person can, can configure. And that is to do some basic blocking or put some parental controls in place and just, right? And it'll say, right? It'll, it'll have some of the basic things about language. It'll have some of the basic things about sex, and right? So, so go in there and just do some basic stuff. If you have to and you're not, and you're not, very confident in what you're doing, you can call them and they will actually help you over the phone mm -hmm. do that, right? But it's very easy for, for, for people to do that because then what that does is for all of these ancillary devices outside of your corporate device, it gives you the ability to, to really, um, even if they are trying to do bad things, it puts some mitigating control in place about the bad things, bad places they can go, right? Um, and, and what they can do. And then the last piece is just make sure that everything's got some sort of malware protection. Um, there, are, there is so much free malware protection today that there's no excuse for anyone on the planet to not have malware detection on every device that they own, right? That tablets, laptops, even your phones, right? There's malware detection for everything nowadays. And so ensure that the devices in your house all have some form of malware detection, right? You can Google, there's all sorts of articles on which one is best, pick one, right? I mean, literally just pick one and, and install it so that, again, you have another layer of protection because it's not the advanced things that are getting people, right? It's not the advanced threats that are getting people. Um, now, there are some advanced threats that, that uh, these um, these hacker groups have where, you know, they've got all these home computers that are, and routers that are part of their botnets. Um, but that's not, that's, that's not the biggest threat. It's the simple things that are really getting people. And yeah. so if they, if they really just put some basic things in place, right, you focus in those three areas, right? I think that, and I think it was three, it was mal malware protection on your device, automatic configuration, and then going in and just making some basic uh, configuration changes on your router at least right. just to use the name and password at a minimum. Those three things, right, can can add so much to your protection scheme and your your able, ability to mitigate risk. 
it's it's insane yeah right now for the more advanced if you want to right if you want to create you know network segments so like in my home i've got my IoT stuff is on one device. So all my cameras and, and door locks and all that stuff is that's that's on one subnet, right? And then my work computer uh, uh, and things I use for work, that's on another subnet. And then my kids and their iPads, that's all on another one, right? And I keep those things segmented. So never between will those will those things communicate except to the printer, right? Mm, and so right. right. So so if you are an advanced person who has the ability to do that, then then do that. Like utilize that. Um, uh, utilize that, uh, uh, utilize your technology skills at home to create this, you know, this network that protects your corporate environment. Mm. I mean, for, for high level executives or, you know, anyone that works for like a, let's say like a defense contractor or like a, or a government yep. agency, that should just be done, period. Yeah. I would assume. Yeah. Especially well, right now. And, and here's the thing, right? So if you're a high level executive, right? And, and this is a thing. Most high-level executives has have their IT staff of the company set up their home environments. Right. But I, I, I can't remember a company uh, that I've worked for where the CEO did not have some form of home network set up that was done by IT to make sure mm. that it was secure. Right. And that's, that's regardless of, of COVID and remote work or not? Yes. Right. Nope. That's regardless. Oh, wow. Just because they are, the, you know, um, executives are uh, high-level targets. Yeah. Right? And so because of that, and I won't say their access, right, um, because most of the time they don't have access to a lot of technical stuff, but it's the access to information, the information that flows through their email, the information that's in their file stores and all those types of things. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, pretty, it's pretty vast. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's we're, we're – more than six months into this thing. Um, so why are attacks still increasing? You know, have we not learned our lesson yet? No. Listen, I mean, but let's be real clear. So first off, um, ransomware is not new, mm-hmm. but attackers realize that, that from a, a, a time to execute, ransomware is far easier than the, uh, uh, you know, the more complex breaches that, that we've seen and that we see come out of, these uh, syndicates and attack groups, right? Mm. Um, B, novices are getting into the business because of the ability to to um, purchase kits and things, so you don't need to be deeply technical anymore. Um, uh, uh, that's happening. But then we also haven't advanced as far as we should have in, in areas as it relates to some basic things, right? Some basic cyber and IT hygiene type things. We've been talking about patching, for three decades, right? And that's, that's it's still a thing. Mm-hmm. It's still a thing. I had a conversation with a customer yesterday related to patching policies, patching strategies, right? It is still a thing to ensure that you are patching at an appropriate time, right? The attacks are in the wild, things taken advantage of, of zero days or, or, or you know, um, those types of attacks. So it's going to continue to be on the rise. Um, right. attackers are getting smarter faster and they're automating faster than we are. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we as an industry are working towards more automation and, uh, um, it's, but it's, I don't see it changing anytime soon. I, I just don't because the attackers, it, it's funny. 
Um, I said this to somebody and they, they thought I was crazy. And I said, attackers are utilizing the same tools that we have. So they have the, the, the Palo Altos and they have the, you know, all the firewall vendors, they've got them in labs, right? They're testing to see what they can do and what they can't do. They've got all the endpoint security tools. They've, I'm sure they've got CrowdStrike in a lab somewhere. Like yeah. it's, there's nothing to stop them from purchasing those tools, right? And seeing how they can break them, what mechanism they can use to bypass them, how could, how they can disable them. They're, they're doing all of those things, right? The difference that they have uh, versus um, uh, the white hat side of the business is they only have to be right once. That's it. In a million attempts, they just have to be right once. And they get it right that one time and they can be looking at a payday, right? Mm-hmm. And now because of automation, them hitting a million attempts can be done you know, within minutes or days, where on our side of the business, as protectors of corporations and corporate corporate data, we've got to be right all the time. And when we're not, right, and, and we know it's going to happen at some point, our ability to detect it as, as quickly as possible and respond to it as quickly as possible and recover from it as quickly as possible are the three important components of what measures success or failure.